Therefore, pray this evening and say, Lord, send your word to me as an individual. A word is coming for you. A word is coming for your family. You will hear a word consigning your children. You will, the questions in your heart will be answered. And Lord, that is our prayer this evening. That you will indeed answer the questions of our hearts. Ask that the Lord will reveal Christ to you. Pray. Pray that prayer. Say, Lord, again, let me have a revelation of Jesus. Or a deeper, let me have a revelation of Jesus. Take me to the next level with my, my, concerning my work with you. In the name of Jesus, open my eyes to see clearly. Open my eyes to see. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together again. Thank you, Lord, that you, we are just obeying your word that you said to us that we should wash and pray. Lord, we ask this evening, glorify Jesus. Speak to the heart of every one of your child here. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. If you believe it, give me an amen. Amen. All right, can we just quickly take our declaration of understanding before we begin to study, as we usually do? Knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. What is entering my heart? It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Again, today, God will send a word of healing into everybody who's listening to this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The spirit of restoration will enter into your body, amen. to enter into your soul, amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Direction will be clear to somebody listening to this, amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seat. The Lord is good. We are going to pray for, of course, I'll teach, and then we will pray. It's our school of prayer, and I want us to get ready. Now, let's just take a text of scriptures to start. I'd like us to read from Daniel chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of Midian descent, was made king over the kingdom of the Chaldeans. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, observed in the books the number of the years which was revealed as a word of the Lord to Jeremiah, the prophet, revealed concerning the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So I gave my attention to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed and said, Alas, O Lord, the great and awesome God, that's praise, who keeps his covenant and loving kindness for those who love him and keep his commandments. What did he say to the Lord? We have sinned, committed iniquity, acted wickedly and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, 
our fathers and all the people of the land. He said in verse 7, Righteousness belongs to you, O Lord, but to us open shame as it is this day to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away in all the countries to which you have driven them because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Open shame belongs to us, O Lord, to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him. Nor have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings, which he said before us, through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has been poured out on us, along with the oath which is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, for we have sinned against him. Thus he has confirmed his words, which he has spoken against us and against our rulers, who ruled us to bring on us great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been anything like what was done to Jerusalem. Now I'm just to save time, I'm just going to um, jump a few verses. So he continues in verse 15, And now, O Lord our God, who have brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned, we have been wicked, O Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a reproach to all those around us. So now, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications. And for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own but on account of your great compassion. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, O my God, do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. I'm going to stop reading here. The Lord is good. And now this is a very beautiful prayer uh, from Daniel. I'm going to look at a number of points from that particular prayer. But I want us to just start by... Um, reminding ourselves of what we are doing. Remember, the disciples of Jesus came to him and said, Lord, teach us how to pray. It's important we know how to pray so that we do not spend time saying prayers that have no relevance and which God cannot answer. Teach us how to pray. We, we said we'll be talking about praying for the church. Uh, last time we didn't do much of it. I just had this um, exhortation spirit upon me, so I needed to charge the people of God in some other areas, and we'll talk about the fact that God does not fail. Now, today we want to get back into praying for the church, and I want to bring out an issue here. Now, before we look at Daniel, I want to quickly explain something about what it means to be an accuser 
or an intercessor. And you must understand, there's a principle about life. You have to choose which one you will be when God gives two things. I hope you're getting my point here. And you choose defaultly another if you don't choose one. What I mean is this. If they said, my, one of my best examples is that a man had two sons. So when God says that, just know that I'm either son A or I'm son B. You, you can't go and say, no, I'm not a son, I'm a daughter. You're either son A or son B. It's a, it's a spirit, you know, it's a principle the Lord is trying to pass across to us. Whether you are a woman or a man, you have to be like son A or automatically you'll be like son B. So if you say, I don't want to be prodigal, you don't just open your mouth and say, I'm not going to be prodigal. It's a good place to start, all right? But you must understand what it means to be prodigal. But more importantly, you must understand that if you are not going to be prodigal, it is because you are a serving son. So that man had two sons. One was a prodigal son, in summary. The other was a serving son. And being a serving son is a critical aspect of being alive as a believer. You cannot, you know, let me just quickly take a, a tangent in that area. Don't sit on this, I'm a son of God, I'm a son of God thing that we try to make it look as if we are superior to David, we are superior to Elijah, we are superior to Isaiah. You know, uh, you know we, we, I'm not saying we are not, I hope you get my point. But, you know, there's a way you sit on something becomes pride, even if it is true. Do you get my point? It might be true that your father is the richest man in Nigeria or the richest man in Africa. But every time you get to a place, you introduce yourself as such, you know, we begin to suspect whether you are all right. I hope you're getting my point. You have to remind us of who your father is. Then we begin to wonder, all right? You know, and like I said the other time, that Jesus, the true, the first, the only, whichever we want to describe him, son of God, when he was coming down, he came down as a servant. And he pointed to his disciples. You call me Lord, you call me master, that's exactly what I am. But even though I'm your Lord and master, you've seen what I've done, I have knelt down and I washed your feet. Do you follow me? So you see, he took the position of a servant. So in life, you must take that position of a servant, otherwise your life will be prodigal. True children of God, true sons of God, they always go for the servant's thing. That's how they live their lives, otherwise they'll be prodigal. We'll not sit on that, all right, for a long time. Let us bear this in mind, that you have to choose one. Bear it in mind. In life, when, when God, when, in, in, in the matter of prayer, there are two things you can be. You're either an intercessor or you're an accuser. As a Christian, just like you would choose that I will be a serving son and I will not be a prodigal son. Also bear in mind, you have to choose whether you will be an intercessor or you will be an accuser. And of course, we don't want to be accusers. Being, becoming an accuser is something we fall into a lot of times because we don't even know what we are doing. And the way you will not become an accuser is if you make up your mind, you will not, that means you will be an intercessor. Like I said earlier, if you are not a serving son, you are automatically a prodigal son. In the same manner, if you are not an intercessor, you are automatically an accuser. The one who is slack in business is brother to him that destroys. So the one who is not doing the intercessory work is brother to him who is an accuser. Now, that's point number one. Next point I should quickly make is, is something we know. I just need to remind us of it again. That the Lord God does not do anything until he, re- he reveals his counsel to his servants, the prophets. Why does he behave like that? 
Is it simply because he said it himself, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men, that is, the race, the human race, God has given them the earth. God has not removed himself from being judged because of that, but what he has done rather is to, you know, take, um, um, sit as judge based upon what the people do. You know, it's the sits as judge based upon the influence or the words and actions of the people that he has given the earth into their hands. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, for example, if you come to God, you understand, and you are from Pluto, whatever you say, it will not affect what's going on on the earth because the earth has not been given to you. So, and then the, whatever you do, if you sin in Pluto, all right, it will not affect what is going on on the earth. But for those of us who are the people on the earth, if we come to God and we speak concerning the earth, he will listen. Our actions will affect what happens on the earth. The decrees that God will release is dependent upon those two things. Our actions and the petitions we make before him. Now, those petitions come in two categories. You must bear that in mind. Now, you can come, please follow this all. You can come and ask God to avenge you of your adversaries. All right? And you are saying it in such a manner that you are telling God, this is my adversary. Let him die by fire. I hope you are getting my point. And you know the truth? <laughs> it works. Let me explain something to you. We keep on teaching to enlighten people. It is not everything that works that's what God wants you to do. For example, witchcraft works. I hope you know that. Yeah, witchcraft works. It works. A witch can actually get up and kill somebody. It's like physics and chemistry and biology. You learn how to mix something, to turn to an acid, you put your litmus paper inside, the color will change. In the same manner, spiritually, it works like that. Now, let me say this to you again. Don't be afraid of just anybody that says he's a witch. If the person, you and him, now that's as if you are not a Christian, but you have understanding. If the fellow, you and him, you don't have any connection, you never done anything against him or against her, and the fellow says he wants to kill you, no matter how powerful the individual is, he can't. Do you know why? Now, this is something that some people who say they are teaching the Bible, they don't understand, so they will criticize you, and I disagree with you. But it is truth, it's the word of God. The reason why he can't do anything is because when he goes to God, there's no power anybody has that doesn't pass through God first. No matter how bad it seems. That's what makes him the judge of the whole earth. That's why Abraham said, would the judge of the whole earth not do right? If you could do something without him approving it, there's a segment of the earth that is not judged over. I hope you're getting my point. This concept in people's mind that Satan has taken over the whole earth is not true. When the Bible calls him the God of this world, what that simply means is that that is the person the world is worshipping. That same God of this world has to go to God in the matter of Job to be able to do anything. Again, I'd like to emphasize to everybody, pay attention to this. There's a difference between God, now he's the same person, I'm talking about function now. There's a difference between God the Father and God the judge. When God sits upon his throne as judge, he does not discriminate who is standing in front of him. It doesn't matter. If Jesus sinned against him, and Satan came to accuse, and the judge finds proper evidence to approve 
punishment against Jesus, his son, he would do it. And that was why Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming. And he has nothing in me. He has tried. He examined Jesus left, right, and center. He tempted him with everything. Let me say this to you again. I'm already saying many things. I'm going on. One of the reasons you, you, you resist temptation is to disarm the devil. Did you hear what I said? A reason you resist temptation is to disarm the devil. You must understand that every temptation is an empowerment for the devil or an empowerment for the power of God in your life. Every time you resist it, you, you disarm him. Every time you resist him, you are disarming, you resist the um, temptation, you are disarming the devil. Please bear that in mind. Alright, so, I was trying to explain something. So, the witch cannot do anything. Except he lays down his petition. All this they call incantation, all of that. Let me quickly remind you of something. You know Balaam? You know the story of Balaam? Numbers 22 into 23. Balaam was not the kind of prophet you are, many of us are thinking he, he, he was. Balaam was not Elijah. Balaam was not Isaiah. Balaam was not Jeremiah. The best equivalent of Balaam in the modern day for those of us who are in Eastern Nigeria is something like a Dibia. The fact that he was called a prophet, don't think that he was in the same prophetic school as people like Moses or later on people like Elijah, Elisha. No. What was he? It was a man who understood the way things worked in the realm of the spirit. So what he used to do, listen to me, is to approach, I want to summarize in the modern way so we can understand it. What a man like him would do is to approach and look for the iniquity of the people. And use it to approach God against them. You see this one they say all the time that people are stealing girls' pants to do money. Don't believe it. Now, now please, let, let me explain what I'm going to say. If your pants lost, buy another one. Don't worry your head. Don't say because of that I won't hang my pata outside again. Hang your putus anywhere you like. Do you know why? Cloth means nothing. The cloth doesn't mean anything. I've seen people who cannot give somebody their old clothes because they may take it somewhere. If you're a Christian, you're still thinking like that. Just know that you need to be baptized. No, Pastor, okay, this good baptism, especially in crocodile infested waters. You can't. <laughs> he has gone to baptize people before. Crocodile is sure. Now he pray. Did you really repent? <laughs> you need to be baptized. If you give, if I give you my cloth, if you like, do anything you like with it. It doesn't affect me. Do you know why? You can't do anything until you get approval. And I have an advocate with the father. It's not just to get there and talk. It doesn't mean I never do anything wrong. We'll talk about it later. Is that I have an advocate with the father. And one thing that Jesus does for me, for every Christian, all right? Everyone. Is that he intercedes for you before the father. Death by covering every shortcoming in your life. That's what he does. We have an advocate with the Father. So please, hang your clothes anywhere. Don't worry. In fact, you should hang a lot so that they will be stealing your own. They won't be able to steal that of the sinner. Because when they get out of the sinner, maybe it works. Because that one, they have accusation. 
They'll say, ah, they'll tell the DBI, this pattern has been to many places. DBI will agree. Then they start, in, let's go back to the Balaam. They will now start offering sacrifice. If you see what Balaam will do, he will get to one corner. You know what that means? He will go to another part of his life. He comes to his business life. Now, please, these things are all over the scriptures. We just need to know how to see them. He will go to, like Daniel, they went into every affair of the king. They didn't find anything. That's the principle. It's a spiritual principle. They come to the affair of his um, home life. They find nothing. They go to the affair of his business life. They find nothing. They go to the affair of his relationships. They find nothing. That was what Balaam was doing. Balaam will move to another place. Try to see Israel from another angle. Let us see what they are doing in this area. Then he looks there and doesn't find anything. Why? Because they were covered literally by the blood. The blood of the sacrifice that God gave to them was covering them. I hope you're getting my point. Let me really explain that further. That was why, now this is what really happened. Okay, You won't find it in the, um, under the story in Numbers, but you find it written later on in the New Testament. Balaam had to explain to Balak that these people have to be removed from under the cover of this blood. That was why Balaam, Balak arranged a party and he sent his girls to go to the camp of the Israelites to go and entice the men to come. And it worked. And that's why God had to kill was to stop it because all the guilty men had to go. Otherwise, the whole camp would have been infected. Listen, it is a principle. So one reason we resist temptation, listen, I've said it many times. Don't, this devil, he's not an idiot in that sense. He can't be trying to liberate Adam and Eve. He doesn't have anything to gain. He will not be offering you free money. He's stealing something more precious than cash. When he came to Jesus and said, bow to me, I will give you everything. He knew what he would get. He had, you must understand, he had labored. Struggled hard to take over the kingdoms of men. So when Jesus came, he had the Romans in his grip. He had all kinds of people in his grip. So he said to Jesus, I will give them to you. Just bow to me. He knew what he was going to get. What did I say? When Satan tempts, listen, think about it. He is trying to take your best right. He will give you, forget more cell of meat. He will give you Pounded yam, not muscle. A whole load. Yam store. Food. Okay, it's not food as your problem. It's a political position you want. He will give it to you. Just bow to me. He wouldn't offer that to you if he wasn't going to get something bigger. So when we resist, what are we doing? We are disarming him. So Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming. But he has nothing in me. There's nothing. There's nothing. Let me say it again. Hang your clothes anywhere. Don't be afraid. Don't let newspapers, you know, re, you know, dictate how you behave. These people, if they don't have, now back to the issue of accusers. So what these juju men do is to present accusations. So if you have never wronged a man, no matter how powerful he is, there is nothing he can do. He can be an accuser, but if you have never wronged him, there's in law, all right, I read a bit, so I pick some things here and then when you are reading. I see head one recently about one APC or ZPDP crisis in Edo State. One judge, they give a judgment about something. And what they say is that, what is your problem? What didn't concern you? 
Remember what they call it? What they concern you? In law, they call you a meddlesome interloper. Do you understand? You go to court now. You sue that brother A slapped sister B. So the judge will say, how does it bother you? Brother A, no, uh, sister B, no, get him out. You have to first prove to the judge that I am the one responsible for protecting sister B. Or sister B is my wife, or is my daughter, you understand? Or is my ward. It has to be something. You have to show your connection. But not that I didn't like um, the, the fact that they are fighting. It's not good. Some judges will fine you for showing up. That you see, they have so much work to do. Why do they have to listen to you? In the same manner, before God, that's how it is. So what people do sometimes, all right, there are different ways. You have to, they have to show how you have offended them. That is why it is a person that is in their household that's most powerful. It's a friend that they have had dealings with. They are the ones that can carry your matter to go and say judge on this matter. Then he doesn't, he's not a judge in himself. He just knows, now listen to this, he knows the words to utter before God the judge. A lot of Pentecostal people don't like what I'm saying. They say, you mean God is participating in evil? No, he's just a judge. So he can be an accuser, accusing people regularly. Especially when they have hurt you, when they have done things against you, when you are connected one way or the other. You can actually kill. You can you can't. There are things people do and it's worthy of death. And if you go to God and say, kill. Every day you say, kill. Every day you say, kill. This fellow has offended me. Kill. Look at what he did. It is worthy of death. Kill. After a while, the fellow will die. That's not a joke. So that's why I say when Christians come, I see some prayers that Christians pray. Be very careful about those prayers. Because they are nothing but prayers of witchcraft. They will walk will come to church and come and testify that they, they actually, we're not saying they don't work. But are they good? Should your enemies die? Who's your enemy? Your mother-in-law. Why should she die? Because she has done evil against you. Why can't she repent? Why don't we start with the prayer that will bring her to the point of repentance? Is that not what Jesus commanded us concerning? I hope you're getting my point here. Your friend who took your money deceived you. You trusted him. There are kind of things that people would do and even God knows that he wants to punish them. But he never wants to punish anybody. He doesn't want anybody to die. He does not want anybody to suffer. He does not want anybody to go into eternal damnation. So he doesn't like his children liking it too. What he wants, the Bible says, he wants for everyone to do what? To repent and come to the knowledge of the truth. So that your friend, God will say, what do we do? Can you change your prayers so that paradventure will be able to save him? It doesn't mean we will be. Let's try. God says, let's try. Yes, because a man can refuse to be saved. But at least it would have been that between you and the Lord, you pushed him to the brink of salvation, he refused to take the step. And then, and then, there's what they call the fool, when the cup is full. When somebody's cup is full, you don't need, they don't need any accuser at that time. The fool, the, <laughs> the cup will erupt in God's presence. And God by himself will have to tackle the matter. He has to issue his judgment. 
So please, let's not be quick to be accusers. It can be, listen, I know, it can be tempting. It can be. It can be tempting so much that we really, that's really what we want to do. But let's not like to do it. Let's be like Jesus Christ. As they were nailing him to the cross, as they were beating him, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. Now, Jesus does not wish. When he prayed, it was a prayer. For that prayer's sake, many of those who participated in his crucifixion, they were saved. Stephen learned from it. As a stone Stephen, what did he do? He said, Lord, please don't hold this sin against them. Again, it was not a wish, it was a request. Because God says, what do we do, Stephen? The ball is in your court. Stephen could have done like this. And they would take everybody. Precious in the sight of God is the death of one of his saints. So if Stephen, Stephen did, they would take Paul. Who took the first stone? Breaking, start the first, <laughs> break his hand gently from down until he dies of internal bleeding before they even get to his head. God will arrange all of them one by one. But he looked at Stephen, what do you want? Stephen said, forget it. Don't take it against them. They don't know what they are doing. That's what the Lord taught us. God said, fine. He took that prayer and poured it upon the life of Saul. And Jesus said, good, it's working. He went after Saul. This is my own conviction. You can disagree with it, and I will not have a disagreement, just what I think. I think God, now listen to what I'm going to say. I think God gave um, Stephen up so he could save Saul. That's what I think. God arranged it, take Stephen. Don't worry, I have a replacement for him. But I need the prayer of Stephen. I need it. And I don't, I don't want a wishful prayer. I want prayer that has power. I want potent prayer. Prayer that comes from the other extreme. If I'm in the middle and I pray for you, let's assume the ex- extreme here is 10, and I'm in the middle, 0 to 10 is the potency of my prayer. But let us assume you first drag me to minus 10, in which I should be killing you. And now from that place, stone prayer in your direction, that's 20. Do you get my point? You first go from minus 10 to 0, then from 0 to 10. That's a leap of 20. God said, that is the kind of prayer I need now for the great work I have ahead. So what do we do? Give them Stephen. <laughs> That's how he behaves. Why does he do like that? I don't know. I'm not God. He's just, he was, he, when do I say he's wise? If everything he did looked wise, they won't have to tell us. When he says he's the only wise God, it means even if you don't understand what he's doing, just know that he knows what he's doing. Do you know? Let me tell you something. If one day, if Jesus shows you plans, arithmetic, differentiation, calculations, integration, permutations they do in heaven, you will be thanking God you were a sinner. He said, What? I know what I'm saying. Is sinning good? No. If you go and sin now because I said that, you will just die. I'm talking about the time you sinned in ignorance was part of the plan of God. Remember, like, Pastor, what did you say? Don't worry. Remember, God is what? God is what? Yes, He's wise. There are things you, that it, just make sure it's a time of ignorance. So don't leave here now, say, Pastor Bangi said. That, look, it's part of what Paul says. Say, when sin abounds, grace, grace pours it. Look, grace can say, good. 
Saul was a murderer. God said, good. Stephen was a saint. God said, good. Then Saul murdered Stephen. God said, perfect. And I said, Stephen, what do you want? Stephen said, forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm trying to personalize that prayer into the life of um, Saul now, all right? Our Paul. And when God got that, he said, good. So he told Jesus, you will talk to this one personally. There are people I sent Peter to, Philip. He said, no, 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 this one, it won't work. The depth we are dragging him from, the power we are using to drag him, is too strong for Peter. Peter will faint. If you ever saw the movie, A.D., the Bible continues. When they told Peter, that's a movie, but it's a good illustration. When they told Peter, Paul was born again, he says a lie. <laughs> he says a lie. Which Paul? Lie, lie. Paul? No. Because is he the person you want me to send? <laughs> so he said to Jesus, you are the only one that can do this job. I'm convinced the prayer of Stephen was necessary. So Jesus got up and said, no problem. So he stopped him on the way. Listen, if Jesus comes to you personally and you see disbelief, you know, your own hellfire is instant. They won't leave it tomorrow. That's the greatest witness that exists. The risen Christ shows up before you. God was saying essentially, Paul, I have you like this. There's no way you are going. So he said to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Make a long story short. By the time he collected that Saul, he blew air on him, washed him properly, looked for the hottest part of the blood, dipped him inside, then burnt the mind, became blind, said, good. Then he brought him out from there and said, you know what? This is his job. It's a suffering job. What did I say? Suffering job. You will suffer a lot. Like Pastor Delvan said, Paul said, why? Hey, you kill Stephen. Don't forget. <laughs> it's Pastor Delvan that said something like that. Made me laugh. So one day he was broke. God said, yeah, you stole my money before. That's it. He said, nobody paid me anything. He said, I paid you now. When? All the money you were stealing. When your grandmother was gathering money for me, you took it. Paul got up. By that time, you will see a particular word that Paul used writing to the Philippians. He said, I'm pressing towards the mark so that I might so I apprehend that for which Christ apprehended me. He was apprehended. He was like, I've, I've caught the thief. You are deserving of death, but I will not kill you. But now you belong to me. That's Paul's life. I'm talking about the intercession of Stephen. Stephen could have said that, I told God, let them die. And they all died. Somebody say, power. Power. is working. The first man that slapped me, he died. The next one that slapped me, his hand never worked again. The one that slapped me, his wife gave birth and the children did not have hands. Hey. Somebody say, it's working. Paul said, God said, yes, I know it's working. But is that the best way to handle it? Please, any church where when you get to service, kill your enemies, that's what they are doing. Please, just leave them. Let me tell you something about you as a believer. You don't need to be afraid of it. You know, there are some prayers that are engineered by fear. People are just afraid. They are afraid of the enemy, so they want the enemy to die. They are afraid. That's why they are praying prayers like that. And I'm saying to you as a believer, don't join them. The enemies, don't worry about it. They can't do anything to you. Just make sure you abide where? In Christ 
all the time. Please, let me not sit down too much on that. So, you can be an accuser. And I was trying to say that accusation works. Now, the next point to make is that Satan, that is the job he does. Always trying to end judgment against people. He brings up everything. And listen to what I want to say. Who is the main defender? That is the intercessor we have with the Father. Advocate with the Father. What is his name? Jesus Christ. Please bear it in mind. Now, Jesus is the first. He has people walking with him. I want to talk about Satan for a moment. Satan also has people walking with him. And both of them recruit from the same pool. They recruit from the same pool of human beings. The most potent accusers on earth must be believers. They are the most potent. The unfortunate part is they are the most potent intercessors. Who's an intercessor? Anyone who is walking on the side of Jesus Christ. So Satan is always saying, this person should die. This boy should die. This one should be destroyed. All of it in anger. Okay, no, let me be like this. Satan has his desire, but now recruits people who will speak on his side in anger. Let me quickly say something to you as a parent. Never speak negative words against your children. Never. They will tempt you. When they are one year old, they can't tempt you. Two years, what can they tempt you? It's when they are becoming teenagers. They are getting to 15, 16. You understand my point? They cannot defy you. They can go against your express instructions. That is when you have to be very, very careful. Because if you open your mouth and declare against them, what just happens is that Satan will say to you, thank you. In heaven, for that period, you are shifted to the side of Satan. And there is no prayer more potent than yours in your child's life. Therefore, there is no curse as potent as yours. The Bible says, don't say before the messenger of God it was an error. Practice this, you know, there are things you can practice. Eh? It becomes like normal. You know, you know what they call swear words? You know, we use a lot of swear words. You can practice good words to be swear words. You know, I, did, I never heard anybody use it. I created Jesus as Lord as a swear word. Now it's become a joke here and there. I said, no, they want to take it away from my mouth. No, I won't take it away. I won't, I, for me, it's a declaration. When I began to say it, I didn't hear anybody say it. Now you hear comedians use it all the time. You see, Jesus is Lord. I was saying it when I'd never heard anybody say it. I said, man, I swear. I hope you're getting my point. <laughs> when you're angry, you have to release something. Since I released all the negative words, I, be, I sat down and said, I would declare the lordship of Jesus all the time. So if something annoys me, first reaction is, Jesus is Lord. What's wrong with these people? I hope you're getting my point. Now, I'm saying something here. Create something like that and use it to react when people in your home, when they annoy you. It's very important. Why? Because people can refuse to collect blessings. They can, by their own works, tap into curses. If you see the man of God that, um, uh, okay, Job, uh, was, it, was it one of the friends of Eli, uh, Job was speaking about his sons. He said, maybe your sons sinned and God delivered them into the power of their iniquity. So it's possible that their iniquity, God gives them over to it. Ophni and Phinehas, God delivered them into the power of their iniquity. That's one. That's one way we will get into trouble. Another way is that somebody rises up, fills up to the full rapidly, 
their iniquity for them by uttering negative words against them. All of them count. So concerning your children, don't. No matter how angry you are, don't supply it. Don't supply it. Don't. Don't supply those negative words. Concerning your wife, don't. Concerning your husband, don't. These are the people that your words are so powerful against. And you will never say anything negative except to do something bad. You know that. So I'm not telling you that. Don't just wake up and be cursing people in the morning when you're not crazy. You won't do that. No, They have to offend you first. It's in the time of offense I'm talking about. Don't even, don't let it happen. Don't let it happen. Just don't, why? You remember what I said earlier? When we resist temptation, what are we doing? We are denying Satan of what? Power. What? So when you are keeping your mouth also, you are denying him of cooperation when he gets to the throne of judgment. You reduce the number of things he can use. You know, I, 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 I look back at some experiences in life and I say, no, people didn't understand spiritual things. Let your child misbehave. Pray for him or her till she dies, till he dies. There's something I say all the time to myself. I say to the Lord, let it be that he did not contribute to this one. You understand my point? We can't do everything perfectly, perfectly right all the time on this earth. I know, but there are areas you just say, no, that one, he didn't join. Let it be that when they are preaching like this, your conscience is clear that I did not utter a word against that fellow. Especially a loved one. So we cannot be accusers or intercessors. I'll get back to intercessors. I'm just talking about accusers. Satan recruits people all the time who will accuse with him. He's always recruiting. That's what he does. Always recruiting. We must never go to his side. Now, I've already explained that you will have reasons. You won't just start with accusation for no reason. All right? Now, let's talk about intercessors now, the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do they do? They just bring the compassion of God. You'll see something in a moment, the matter of Daniel. We read the story from Daniel. They just bring the compassion of God before him. When the Bible talks about those who remind the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. It's not as if the Lord forgets. Do you follow my point? It's just that if you go to a court, you know, these courts we have, I believe they are modeled over, um, they are, they are modeled after the court of heaven. The judge is neutral. You know that? Judge is neutral. He doesn't, if you don't ask for any evidence, he won't ask for it. So that's the job of your prosecutor. That's the accuser. The defend, the defense is their job. His job is just looking at the two of you. At the end of the day, he rules based on what the law says and the evidence presented to him. Do you understand that? It's neutral. That, so when the, the, some people are called those who remind the Lord, they're not really, it's not like he forgot. Just that when he sits in judgment, he plays very fair. And one of the ways he has to is to pretend, can I use the expression, as if he doesn't remember. So that was why a man like Daniel was raised, even though God has said that after 70 years, the people can go back. But that day, nothing happened. So Daniel said, why? He said, now please, don't take me out of context. Just take me in context. I'm trying to be illustrative. He said, I can't remember. Then they now start bringing what he said. According to your promise to your servant Abraham, uh, to, to your friend Abraham and your servant Isaac, the promise that you gave to Jacob and to a thousand generations after them, which says, they begin, it's not like they forgot. It's, it's fight. It's spiritual fight. 
They are opposing those who want to kill them in captivity. So a man like Daniel was raised and his job was remind the Lord that he said 70 years. So he begins to pray. We'll look at the way he prayed in a moment, all right? But okay, let me quickly drop so I don't forget. If you see, because he was praying for the church, which is so important. If you see something I do, it's personal discipline, I, I learned that deliberately. One of the things I do when I'm preaching, I say, we pastors. I never say those pastors. You go and watch it. Say, we have taught the church wrongly. We'll be, we'll be lying to the people. Lies I have never told. I use the word we. I mention people that I know don't preach those lies. They're the only names I can mention. I said, this is, this is the problem. We pastors are the ones that are responsible. That we is deliberate. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not like I don't like knowing this language. I know you. Them. They. Thou. I know it in different. No, thou is thank you. There's nothing I, I can say in any way. And I know how to say me. Holy and righteous people like me. I've never done anything wrong in my life. I've never preached something that's not perfect. Amen. Praise God. Every word that I preach is seasoned with salt. Amen. Tried by fire. Seven times in the furnace. Came out pure. I can't sing with my mouth. It is them. Look at them. It doesn't preach correctly. I start mentioning people's names. I can do that also. But as an act of discipline, because of understanding of spiritual things. Because the Bible says, those of you that think you are standing, take heed. If anyone is taking overtaking an effort in an offense, those of you who are elders, restore with the spirit of what? Humility. Fearing. Lest you yourself start preaching lies. So we always say, we. It's we pastors that cause this problem. We did not teach the people. I do it deliberately. I, I, don't, I never forget. I know what I'm doing when I say those things. I, I, I join all of us together. Real pastors, I don't mean some, you know, church is a business now. So the people are opening services, uh, churches and calling them all kinds of names. They are not part of my we. Those criminals. Those like Pastor Kimothy said, they are not false prophets. They are no prophets. <laughs> that you have to be true to become false. Like Pastor Devon taught us. Uh-huh. There are those fake prophets who come to church. I don't, they are not part of the we we are doing. No. I saw one man one day was preaching. I said, this guy is not a Christian. He said, ha! See power! I get the power too much. I'm looking at this guy. Are you alright? Say in 2012, I used a power called a butemeter. And I didn't say butemeter. I'm the one that put a butemeter now. So, ah. <laughs> the next day, I brought one day my classmates say, look at you people. I said, I said, where? You mentioned who? I said, that one. Please, oh, guys, with a joke for here, but don't join me and this creature. <laughs> I said, thank, I, I, the video they were all watching, I said, look for the name Christ, Holy Spirit. I said, watch it for the six-minute video that lasted. If you find it once, point out to me. It didn't appear. It was his own name. He called his name so much. He called his name so much. You don't have to be... De- you can't. So, one of my friends lives in the U.S. He said that, ha, huh, people like this are deceiving people. I said, no, no, they can't deceive people. They can't deceive people. Anybody who follows this was not looking for Christ Jesus. I, no, I said, no. This people, he can't deceive anybody. He's an entertainer. Even me, I watch him when I want to laugh. I say, boy, what is this guy up to now? You watch it. And he can't disappoint you. You'll be rolling with laughter. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, okay, I think this guy should stop this fake prophecy thing. It's not necessary. The comedy, he makes more money. 
The Lord is good. So, let's just cut it clear. I'm not saying so, but when it comes to the true body of Christ, we're all in different stages of development, different stages of good behavior and bad behavior. I like to say we. Why am I saying so? Look at Daniel. Daniel kept on you. Daniel came into Babylon. He was not doing anything wrong. He collected Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, three of them, four of them together now. They sat together and said, guys, we will not pollute ourselves. Though. They said, we will not. They made their vows. They decided to serve God with all their hearts. Yet, 70 years later, to pray, the man said, we sinned. You can go through it for time's sake. I won't spend a lot of time now, but when we're reading, I was, point, I was emphasizing when I got to those points. The man will tell you that we sin. Open shame belongs to us. To our kings. Our everything was our. We have sinned against you. We committed iniquity. We acted wickedly and rebelled. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets. That is what they call identification. He identified with the people and he began to pray. As if God forgot, but God did not forget, really. It's just that they are in court. So you start presenting your evidence. You see one thing he said at the end. In fact, when I saw it, I said, did he come for kingdom world meetings? You know the way we introduce our prayer services. He said, oh Lord, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications before you on account of any merits of our own, but on account of your great compassion. Can you see that? It is not what we have done. It's only because of the grace and mercy which you have in Christ Jesus. When I saw it, I said, ah, oh God, Daniel, you know this thing too. <laughs> I looked at it, ah, Daniel, you, you, you're in touch. You, you understand this thing. Oh, praise God. Because that's what a mistake a lot of Christians make. Because they've been taught to do good works. They carry the good works to God. Say, we have tried. That, let me say it again, you know. I'm sure I've said it up to a million times. But I will not stop saying it. You never go to God and present what you have done right. Daniel did it right. He didn't tell God he did right. Daniel faced the fiery furnace, um, um, uh, the lion's den for God. He never presented it. Daniel did not remember anything that he did right when he came to God. He said, oh, we have sinned. We came here because of our sin. When I want to pray for the church, that's one of the things you must bear in mind. You have to we everything. You have to we everything. Pray as if it's, you are praying for your family. Pray as if you can't get out of the judgment. Do you understand? Listen, the other day, a cruise ship had issues somewhere in Europe. And then a number of people died. I don't know how many, maybe up to five people. When they were talking to the captain of the ship, you know where he was? At the point in time, he was out. He had left the ship and he was on the shore or something. So they asked him a number of questions. The answer he was given, ah, the guy said, where are you? He said, he's so so and so place. You have left the ship, a ship that's sinking. Do you know what? He's still in prison till now for that. That he left the ship when he had not satisfied that everybody was out. He's still in jail. He's still in prison unless they sent him home because of coronavirus. They took the guy, charged him for manslaughter. If you see the charges, what was the sin he committed? He left the boat before verifying that everybody had left. The people talking to him, they're like, where are you? He described where he was. What? 
captain of a ship, you are not on the boat, and you are not sure, you can't tell us everybody has left, it's in prison till now. You know I'm talking about that? That's how you reason if you're an intercessor. Just imagine that if God wants to destroy, I won't get away. There was a time Israel annoyed God. God said, Moses, move. Moses said, it's my sheep, I can't. Moses moved back. I want to destroy them. Moses said, but I'm the captain of this ship. There's no problem. Go ahead with the destruction, but take all of us with it. So God looked and said, no, I cannot destroy the righteous with the wicked. God, Moses said, in that case, you have to let everybody be. That man left the boat. They took him and put him in prison. You can Google it up after. I've forgotten the name of the, I think somewhere in France. That's where he ran aground. I've forgotten the name of the, 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 of course, I can't remember the name of the ship now or the pilot. Or, or, of course, also called pilot. The captain. I can't remember his name. Now, why am I saying that? Why Daniel had to do we, 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 we things is just assume that all of us are in trouble. Let God sort it out. The kind of things we have done as a church against God. In fact, let me tell you the truth. Eh? There are prayers I pray. It sounds wicked. Though. But it's a we prayer. Amen? I just feel like God should scatter all of us. Sometimes when we are, when we are, when we are too big, we have too many branches, too much money, too much structure. I'll just look and say, God, please, can you quickly scatter us so that our heads can correct? Because sometimes prosperity is not good again. We are preached prosperity after we say, God, don't prosper us now. Not now. We have that we are too, we have become, you know, the Bible says, Jeshurun became fat and kicked. That's the problem. When you become too prosperous, you kick. I feel like telling God, no, we have become too fat. And we are kicking against your instructions. We are kicking. Sometimes you see pastors say things. The other day I saw one pastor. I won't mention a big man in Nigeria. If I mention his name, you know. Big denomination. There's a tweet on his in your Twitter account. Something took me to his Twitter account. When I saw the tweet, I still hope to send him a message. We don't have any personal relationship. I just want to say, sir, remove that tweet. People say, can't people joke? I say, you don't understand. You are a, you are a big pastor. You don't joke with the word of God. And he pinned it on his Twitter. You know what they call pin? So once you get there, it's the first thing you see. One young man says something. The guy was wearing NYC uniform, so I assume he's quite young. He said, like, sir, you may know you were joking, but you're a pastor. It's what you wrote we can read. He said, what you wrote is what we can read. Please take this off. The man agreed. Me, I, I didn't think it funny. I did not think it funny. The kind of things we have done. Anyway, let's sit on what I say. So when Daniel was going to pray, that's why I'm talking about it. It's not as if God forgets. God gives his promises. Then he raises, now listen to what I'm saying. You know, I began this by saying you have to choose which one you're going to be. He raises intercessors. There are people I look at, and I just know this is their job. Listen, if somebody tells you that I'm praying for you, take it seriously. I hope you get my point. That I'm praying for you, take it seriously. Those prayers are needed to keep you alive. Those prayers are needed to keep you in righteousness. Those prayers are needed to keep you on the path of destiny. Those prayers are needed. 
So when Paul said, pray for us, you think he didn't know how to pray? Prayer has measure. Did they wear him? Did they wear him? God said, how many kg? The angel says, 25 kg. Okay, let them keep praying. I need 520. It has measures. So they look and say, ah, Lord, the way they are going, this thing will not happen in this generation. So raise more prayer warriors. So it started longing the lives of some people who are supposed to have retired. It teach them the word. Said, no, you won't die yet. Stay around, pray. So Simeon could not die. He was feeling it. He was, feel, he was, you know, he was a prayer shovel, shoveling prayer, you know, packing the thing up. You know, if you read uh, the Maharishi of Mount Kailash, when Sadhu Savarai says something, that that man was kept alive, all right, and the job he does is to pray. That he moves all over the world. Johnny saints in different parts of the world to pray. How do you pray those prayers? We'll talk about them again, but it's not hard. You can pray in the spirit. You can pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. You can pray in other tongues different ways. But the easiest way is just take simple scriptures and read out to the Lord. Say, do in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask of you, bless in the name of Jesus. Keep in the name of Jesus. You know, Just like Paul said, uh, uh, Daniel said, here, O oh Lord, forgive you. If you see his requests, they're very short. Oh Lord, here. That's one. Oh Lord, forgive another. Oh Lord, listen and take action. For your own, he said, for your own sake, oh Lord my God, do not delay. Simple prayers. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Listen, take action. For your name's sake, oh my God, do not delay. Sometimes God looks. If I like one story, can I get told once about one woman? She had, um, I think it was smallpox or something. She was ill. Anyway, she had a particular disease. Can't remember for sure now. So God said to her, she had a revelation. In the revelation, you know what she saw? She saw a weighing balance. You know the way it is. You've seen the, um, the blind justice woman carrying one around, you know? Uh-huh. So on this side was written trials. Other one was written praise. That the trials of her life had weighed, you, know, you see, heavy. The one on praise had one or two straws inside. She had focused so much on her trials and her complaints and her grumblings that that had weighed down her whole life. That once she had that vision, in a flash, she knew what God was saying. God said, you have to tip the balance. For days, the woman refused to sleep. Just praising God, giving thanks, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, giving thanks, praising God, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Then she had another vision. The balance had tipped. The praise had outweighed, and then she got healed. I hope you're getting my point here. One of the things God does is to measure the prayer. I'm serious, he does that. The weight of prayer comes from... Okay, I won't discuss that. No, it takes us in another dimension. The weight of prayer comes from a number of things. Okay? One of them, the person praying, and then the faith, that is, the individual praying. When Moses prays, it has different weight from when an average Israelite prays. Yes, that's not a joke. When Jesus said, lay treasure in heaven, he knew what he was saying. I, stood, I woke up at night and I to meditate on the meaning of laying treasure in heaven. And I think God gave me understanding. The heavier your treasure, your treasure in heaven, the greater the weight given to the prayers you utter. And, I, and you don't, listen, listen, it's not the offering. Don't think offering is what they use to pack treasure in heaven. So don't go and say, I have, 
You know, if you are too worldly, too selfish, you know how to connect everything to your pocket. Depends on who's praying. Okay, let me tell you one of the ways you get treasure in heaven. If you can walk away from Pharaoh's palace to go and stay with slaves, think about it. Is your sense of spiritual value. How you value spiritual things. That's what I'm talking about. If your name is Elisha, you are plowing with the 12 yokes of oxen. And then you leave it, burn the yokes, sacrifice the oxen, men eat, and then you go and follow Elijah. That's what we are talking about. When Jesus says, sell all you have and give to the poor, it wasn't the weight of offering. It was not the weight of offering. It was not the weight of offering. If the man had a billion dollars and he gave 950 million dollars, it would not have counted for anything as far as God was concerned. If the man had a billion dollars and he gave 990 million dollars, God would not have accepted it. It wasn't the weight of the offering. It was a change of life. He needed to leave his father's house and come and follow Jesus like Abraham did. These are the things that give weight. Okay, but like I said, I don't want to, you know, I thought I I was not going to go there, but see, I went there, thanks to you, and then now I got stuck. (laughs) Let me quickly get back. So this one I'm making is being weighed. We keep on padding it. So God needs saints to gather and pray. So Sadhu told us that Certain people have been kept alive. And we see a man like Simeon. God kept him alive because he was a shoveler of prayer. Filling up to the full measure the kind of prayer that God needed to do what he's doing on the earth. Bear that in mind. So intercessors, therefore, they are those, like the Bible says, they remind the Lord. They just say, God, this is your will. This is your plan. This is our experience. It's different from your will and your plan. Don't forget your will. Remember your will. Bless us in accordance with your will. Forgive us in accordance with your will. We, your people. Now, you have not lied, though. You have not taken one offering telling lies. You say, Lord, we have lied with our messages. We have lied because of our love of money. Do not treat us, Lord, according to the multitude of our iniquities, but have mercy. Preserve your elect, O God. Let truth be found in your body. Are you getting my point? You know how God will solve it? You know that is his problem, not yours. But I have some ideas. He will scatter people. He will remove some people, plant some people, squeeze some people's neck. You know when God wants to do you like so? You carry you, bishop, come. You come. They will hold your neck. You squeeze it. When you're about to faint, when your eyes are popping out like this, they Lord, hold you and say, say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> they will squeeze you until you say sorry. Say, now, sit down there. Let's teach you a new gospel, which was what he did to a man like Jim Baker. Jim Baker was doing, God said, this boy, I'm warning you. He did not hear. One day, God made them hear a rumor. Next thing this happened, this happened. Money became short. He defaulted on some promises. American prosecutors love people like that. They grabbed him, put him in prison. They put him in jail. His wife left him and married his best friend. And God wants to do the strong. Better be walking in righteousness. Don't tell anybody that God does not punish people. Just, let, just say God will not punish me in Jesus' name. That's the better thing to believe. And how many days that God does not punish people? He punishes people. He will give your wife to your best friend. You'll be looking like this. You wouldn't believe it. Don't worry. He'll handle those people later. <laughs> he was in prison. His wife was coming to visit. It wasn't, I don't know whether it was his best friend, but it was his major contractor. A man he made rich. 
The man married his wife. Her name was in jail. Bad doctrine is bad. You will so suffer. He sat in the prison cell like this, looking and saying, ah, this is my life. Number one televangelist in America. Number one. Number, I don't know whether I get my point. He was the number one televangelist in America. America tuned to watch him every day. International fame. God said, "Leave these boys. I will show them something. By the time he went to prison, he knew he was going to die there. He gave up that I'm going to die in jail. Then God released him five years later. By the time he came out, he had a new gospel. His gospel was fresh. First gospel he learned was how to forgive people. He prays for everybody that was involved in his downfall. Everybody. Prayed for his wife that left him. No, God knew how to settle that one. Prayed for his wife that left him. Prayed for the guy she married. Prayed for the judge that put him in prison essentially for the rest of his life. Prayed for the prosecutor. Pray for everybody that walked against him. God said, good, you are learning some things. He said, I'm learning some new gospels. He said, I desire that you prosper. He said, that prosper, please, so it's not money. <laughs> he started, and you can get his book, I was wrong. One fast book, I read the cover to cover. I have patience. I read the book cover to cover. I was wrong. Fat book. He wrote the whole story of his life. By the time he came out of cell, for prison, was a new man in Christ. So you see, when God wants to change people sometimes, there are people who just say, this one is not changeable, kill him. But there are other people who say, bring him for me. They will squeeze. You know, have you ever washed cloth before and you're squeezing the cloth? The cloth, and you have to wear the shirt. You know, you know, there are times you want to, you don't have a washing machine, you can't spin dry, and you need to wear this shirt this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. The cloth, we know what they call squeezing. There's always to do in secondary school. Oh, don't squeeze the cloth finish. We'll not get a towel. Put the cloth inside. Wrap it. Then start the squeezing again. When you come out there, eh? in fact, those ones that don't need iron, you just wear it immediately. <laughs> Button up. That's what God does sometimes when he wants to change his people. Squeeze. He will do that. One of the scriptures I like to pray for the church is that Psalm 45. Get your sword upon thy thigh, O most mighty, and ride down prosperously and in majesty because of truth. And let your right hand do awesome things. Very important prayer. Because you see, in this life, there is no hope if the church does not get it right. There is no hope. There is none. Zero hope. No form of hope whatsoever. So when the church is sitting down and telling lies, God says, Banky, can you see that? So you have to go to him and say, Lord, we have lied. Now listen, number one. Number two, purge our lips of lying. Please, when you pray that kind of prayer, you know what you first do? You go home, face the mirror, check your lips. Hear what I talk. There are prayers you don't, that the one you finish praying, you must pray too. Once you finish praying, you now go to the mirror, look your lips. Tell your wife, please check. Is that, is that truth there or lie? If it's a lie, you say, Lord, I repent. Get a bit of acid, drop it there, burn it off. <laughs> because you have to, you don't just sit down there. And, that's why you don't point fingers. Because the prayers you are praying is coming to you. Whether you like or not, it's coming to you. So you have to be sure that when the avenger of truth comes, it does not find lies in your mouth. I hope you're getting my point. Because it will come. It will come. And let, let me tell you what God is saying. That if you don't arise 
If intercessors don't arise from amongst my people and pray for a purging of the body, then I will have to arise with the day of the Lord and you wouldn't like it. I don't know. I, I didn't want to finish that. Okay. Because what will come as a result? You know, have you heard those things they say before? Turkey was a Christian country. God said, listen, say the Islam you are afraid of. You know, there's prof, there, there's scriptural prophecy. There is adversarial prophecy. You know what I'm saying? They say, Utmanda, Fodio said he will bury the Quran. He will dip it in what? In the ocean. It's an adversarial prophecy, but it's still hanging out there. See, there's a way you affect things on this earth. Some people say that hey, one day I saw somebody forwarded to me, join Pastor Okemute. Okay, it's not Okemute, just that like he's the one sitting in front of this place. Any other pastor in the house, I can be using you to harass people. We we'll have to we we'll have to appoint somebody else to sit. Yes. Okay. Are you volunteering? <laughs> okay. Let's just call Pastor Adam. All right. The husband of Eve. All right. Okay. So say John, Pastor Adam, want to pray against evil takeover of the world. I just deleted the message. So we organize a message, a, a a prayer outreach to prevent evil from taking over the world. I deleted the message. I'm sorry to say, this is the nonsense prayer point. I don't have time for this. Let me tell you the truth. If the church will advance, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. You know what they say? The light shines in what? Darkness. And the darkness could not understand it. Could not overcome it. So I don't need to pray that darkness will not overcome the light. It's not a prayer point. You know the prayer God said? Arise, shine. He said, you are the light of the world. He said, let your light so shine. That's the prayer point. That is the instruction. It is not a prayer that, Lord, this darkness will not overcome the light. God said, what do you want me to do? There's nothing, that doesn't mean anything. It can't. It's like you saying, gathering to pray. Say, Lord, we're about to put this, ba- this ball, football in water. We pray in the name of Jesus, it shall float. In the name of Jesus, it shall float. As we dip this football, inflated football, good football, sealed. As we dip it in water. You know, God is going to wonder, call two angels. Say, Can you get me the psychiatric angels to check what is wrong with those, my children? What should we pray there for? Lord, let your people shine your light. He said, arise, shine, for your light has come. So you can pray prayers like, Lord, let your light come afresh upon us. Because if it comes, darkness cannot stand it. So if a man says he's going to dip the, um, dip the Quran in the ocean, he was talking about conquest. You Listen to what I want to say. I know many Christians won't like it, but it's the truth. I don't know how to pray that Islam will not advance. It's not the prayer point. I'm sorry. If you start it, if any time people raise it, I've been in prayer meetings, good prayer meetings, Christians are praying, I'm just looking at you like this. As I'm doing like this, you think I'm agreeing with you? I'm just saying, Father God, thank you. You are good. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Lord, we give you praise. You are good. That's what I'm saying. I can't pray that Islam will not advance. God doesn't want me to pray it. I don't believe he wants you to pray it. And let me tell you something I believe. He has commanded it to advance. But for one thing. 
So when that prophecy, no, at the Syria prophecy is out in the air, say, I will dip this book in the ocean. I will conquer from here and there and convert all of you to my religion. God said, it will happen. Except the church arises and shines. Because when the church moves, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. When the light shines, darkness cannot comprehend it. I hope you're getting my point. However, the more you withdraw the light, the more darkness advances. So you cannot tell darkness. And listen to me. Darkness is not the absence of light. Darkness is another force that's fighting against light. That principle that darkness is absence of light. No, 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 no. It's a force. It's moving. It's pushing. But anytime he encounters light, he has to go backwards. Even in science, there's what they call dark matter. You can go and read, out, read up on the dark matter. The day I read dark matter, I said, I've said this thing for a long time. That's why the Bible says that he said, let there be light. Then he separated what? Light from what? Darkness. You don't separate what does not exist. I don't know whether you're getting my point. When he separated light from darkness, it's because there is something there called darkness. Then he brought light in and they were mixed. He said, no, 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 no. That's not the way I like it. He separated light from darkness. And it was not day and night because the sun and moon and co did not appear until the first day. What am I going to explain here? Follow me. That what God is saying is this. Light must shine. You must pray that light to shine again. And once it shines... Don't be afraid of Boko Haram. It will die a natural death. It will wither. It will just disappear. One day will come. And what I want to say sounds like a prophecy. But if the church does is right, this is what will happen. One day will come. You just look and say, ah, it's been three months. We've had no news. And sometimes it will happen that the military will not even know what happened. They just stopped fighting. No attack. They bombed it where they can bomb. They didn't really capture many people. Next thing, just in six months we pass. We've not heard of any suicide bombing. No village in either Adamawa or uh, Borno State being attacked. We've not heard anything. Then two years will pass. After a while, the soldiers there will start growing fat. All they do every day is patrol. After a while, they will forget. Five years later, the government will reduce the amount of soldiers they have around that, that area. Then 10 years later, we'll be writing history books of the worst Boko Haram. That is what happens. If we will shine the light. Please, I want to quickly come to an end with the teaching. All right? But remember, so you choose which side you'll be on. Let me, because this is, is a crucial part of the teaching. Accusers are grumblers. Accusers point out faults a lot. I see pastors who do YouTube videos, Twitter videos, all kinds of videos to point out what is wrong that every pastor is doing. I wonder why they do that. They say, we need to call out these sins. We know them already. Everybody, we are all doing it. You know, we are in the we phase, amen? I see all those things. I feel like telling many of those pastors, it's not necessary. What you do most of the times, you create anger, you raise more accusers than intercessors. You do, you do. Most of their followers 
are rebellious people. Yeah. You know what I found out? One day somebody said, again, because of live streaming, I have to start coloring things. But even though when I say everybody knows what I'm talking about. One man rose up and began to fight everybody who's collecting tithes and offerings. Now, those who have listened to me long enough, in fact, one guy said that they should have listened to Pastor Banky and this Wahala would not have started. So somebody followed to me and said, what do I think? In letter, I agree with the man and a lot of things he said. They interviewed him, he said some things, he quoted scriptures and all of that. So the first one that sent it to me, I said, I agree with this man up to, I can't remember the percentage, but let's just say up to 80% in the letters. I said, but I'm sorry, his spirit is bad. I said, this man has a rebellious spirit. Rebellious people, some, you see, most of the people you find around, okay, that criticize the government, government, you know, they are very rebellious people. They are not good people. I mean, I remember the days of our Igbo smoking, jazz play, um, sax, sax playing, Afrobeat king in Nigeria. You know, he criticized everything. People say he's a freedom fighter. I say, freedom fighter smoking that size of weed. I said, let me explain something to you. There is nobody that smokes that size of weed that will not cause his own father. So that the man is abusing government is a weed thing. You don't know what I mean? That when you have smoked enough weed, you will see everything that is wrong. Yet the same man will stand there, open a place where young girls abandon their homes and go and stay with him. You open a place, young boys don't listen to their parents, they stay with him. One day I was with one, I was, uh, I was in a bus in Lagos. And a bus driver was talking to another, you know, the, the bus guys. That one day he did something, policeman arrested him. That he was inside there, policeman was there taking to the station. He just drove into the shrine. That is lawlessness. That police can't get me. A man gets up one day, marries, is it 30 girls or 20 girls? 27. <laughs> this guy used to be in the shrine. So, <laughs> so you marry 27 girls one day, and you tell me, you are criticizing government. I said, forget all of these things. Anybody high on something can criticize anything. So I don't like, only one brother here, used to attend our Bible studies here. He heard me say some things. And you know, that's why I have to tell people that. Don't join me with, because there are some things I say that's not popular in the body of Christ. You understand my point? Like now, when that man was preaching about tithes and offering, I said in letter, I, me and him seem to be in agreement 75% or more. Okay, I said, but our spirits are not the same. Our spirits are not the same. Is any, any Christian paying tithes to anybody is a goat? That's the wrong spirit. We can seem to agree on some letters because he was quoting relevant scriptures, proper scriptures, and quoting them with the wrong spirit. That's, that was my conclusion. So I said, please don't join me. And then I, I, it got to a point in time, rebels wanted to join David. You know, a lot of useless people went and joined David. If you are running away from the king, or even we criminals will follow you. Because every, anybody that's not that the king is looking for will find refuge with you. I found a lot of people running away from the king. So I followed him past the bank. It was no. I would just once I just said that you're running away from the king. You want to follow me? I will greet you, but I will not be your friend. Because the spirit sometimes is wrong. Oftentimes the spirit is wrong. 
So, so many of these pastors that get up, you know, start, okay, pastor this, this, this one, pastor this, this one, and then they just start, okay, let's analyze his life. And last week, Pastor Adam he spoke to his wife like this in the market. Let us see, is that right? One day, the other day, my wife and I, we saw a video. This was on YouTube, something led to it again. He stumbled into things. I was a preacher in America. He said he wants to talk on 10 pastors that Satan has blessed. And all nine or so out of them are genuine ministers of the gospel. Okay, let me give an example. He mentioned Joyce Meyer. Yes, Joyce Meyer was one of the people that Satan blessed as far as he's concerned. David Oyedepo, one of them. He couldn't pronounce, that was only Nigerian on his list. I mean, no, no, no. This other one it was um, no, it was only a bishop he put on that particular. You know, there were different ones anyway. But he he mentioned no that that list no no didn't contain uh, Papa Ayopanti. All the ministers I saw there, maybe minus one, are genuine. Min- you don't have to agree. Look, listen. You know how much I quote Kenneth Hagin. I was talking to somebody a few days ago. There's a particular Kenneth Hagin book I never recommend. Just me. I said, doesn't, I, I, don't, I don't agree with the content. But I'll just push it aside. I continue quoting him. I refer to him all the time. I mean, it's been a tremendous blessing in my life. That's why I really don't like when you pick somebody up and start cutting him to pieces because you cut every good thing with the bad thing and then you expose. So you, we, we lose both respect and unfortunately love also for the individual. It's not necessary. I don't believe it's necessary. That's my own opinion. I don't believe it's necessary. I see, I've seen in other people that ah, there are plenty. And America has them. They have people they call heresy hunters. That's their job. I was one, one brother used to come here. One day he heard me talk. Because that's what I was talking about. Rebels following me. So he came and said, Ah, sir, have you heard of uh, Reverend S.L.? He gave me the name. I said, No. He said, Ah, you need to listen to him. You need to listen. You need to read him. You need to read him. Ah, okay, now let's go and read him. So I, I think I got the materials from somewhere. I read it two times. Next time I came to the Bible, I said, oh boy, stop following people like that. I told him straight. Stop following people like that. He's not like me. Many people I quote, that guy tears them to pieces on a daily basis. Because you disagree with them in certain doctrines. Listen, tell your pastors who do that, it's unnecessary. It's unnecessary. You know your friend, that's the job he does. Today I want to examine another pastor. He starts... He said this, he said this, tear, 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 tear. I said, you are not building me up. This is you are telling me the man said that it's okay, it is wrong. So? I got one video the other day. Said, somebody said this. I told the brother who said, he said, have you seen it? I said, I've seen it. I said, but I refuse to make any judgment on a certain short clip taken out of context. What am I going to say? I found out, this is where I'm going. Wounded people, angry people are usually accusers. And most accusers feel self-righteous. That's why the accuser's camp is full of self-righteous people. They don't do wrong. They don't steal money. They think, oh, they don't do anything that's wrong as far as they are concerned. But some of the worst sins they are committing. What they are fighting are mundane sins. Some of the very worst of sins that Christians, a Christian might commit, they are doing. 
they are wrongfully descending the body of Christ. You understand what I'm saying? They are slandering people on a daily basis. Once somebody did something to me, just to give an illustration, for you to know that accusers, in the eyes of men, they are just people. In the eyes of men. Somebody did something very terrible to me once. Somebody will come and say, ah, how are you and, um, let's use Adam again, Mr. Adam. I say, Mr. Adam, now what for him? I do understand. I will tell everything. Then one day, I, of course, I was, I mean, it was done. People asked questions here and they were asking me questions. And I kept on talking and talking and talking. Then one day, I dreamt. And I got the point. What was in the dream? <laughs> now, two people were fighting. Now, I can't remember whether I was one of them. That part you know, didn't register well with me. No, I don't think I was one of those fighting. Yes, and I now realized I couldn't have been. But later I realized that I was one of them. But while I was watching, I was watching two people fighting. And one guy took a bottle, broke it, went after the other guy, and started cutting him. He cut. If I remember one particular cut he gave, slashed the guy's mouth like this. Pam! Cut. So I was panicking. Stop that. Will you stop that? Somebody stop this. Stop this fight. And I woke up. And I got the point. I was the one doing the cutting. What is the point? But I was just. I was not lying. I did not lie one lie against the individual. Not one. Not one lie. But God said, why do you have to broadcast it everywhere? I still remember that. I, I panicked in the dream. Somebody stop this guy now. What is he doing? Will you stop this? Will you injure? Then I woke up. And instantly I got my point. So then I say, how far? I say, it is well. We thank God. How's Mr. Adam? He's there. The Lord is with him. As it was with me. Two of you. Oh, we used to be friends. We don't have friends. What happened? What's the long story? Let's leave it. Most accusers are factually correct. They are righteous, self-righteous people. I had to use the word self. They are not doing what is wrong. It's not as if they are evil people. But they just don't realize that their anger has taken them over to the accusation side. That's the problem. And you have to be careful when you are following prophets. I just, I just feel like dropping that. When you are listening to a prophet, just listen to him. Take his message. You don't repeat it. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? Okay, let me tell you what I mean. If God sends Nathan to David, your name is not Nathan. No. When you hear what Nathan said, Nathan, you see David, long live the king. Your mind. <laughs> Don't kill Uriah. But if you open your mouth and say, oh, God, you kill Uriah, his boys will behead you. And guess what? Nothing will happen. When David comes to us, say, long live the king. As a matter of Uriah, it not concern you. Next time your wife is fine and basically say, okay, go and bath inside. I don't want this kind. <laughs> I don't want trouble. <laughs> when you come out, long live the king. Your name is not Nathan. That's what I'm going to say. I've seen some people, you know, they, they listen to Pastor Tundebakari, uh, and I feel sorry for them. Pastor Tundebakari is a very good man. He has a prophetic unction. And prophets, they know they care. They, they abuse elders. And God, 
Ah, God said, don't be afraid of this. Is that what he said? He said it to Jeremiah. Then they will not carry it, carry the prophetic word that Pastor Debakari spoke against government, against some elders. They will not sit in their house and be eating over it. Next point I should quickly make. When you hear prophetic words and you are an intercessor, take it to prayer. Don't take it to the beer parlor. It's not, have you heard what Pastor Debakari said? Hmm. God will judge all these people. No. Just take that prophecy as being against you too. That's why John said, let him that has an ear, ear, uh, ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying what? To the churches. Not the one that is righteous or the one that is guilty. Is the one that has what? An ear. Once you can, once you can hear, assume he's talking to you. Let him take heed to what the Spirit is saying to the church. So when you see a prophet like that arise and say something, abuse somebody, laugh, smile, do whatever, assuming you are one of those. When he tells you they are building something that's big like this, only one inch deep, just, you know, that's how he yaps. He massive cathedrals that's only one inch deep. Then go to your house, check the foundation of your house, say, bros, come, give me, this architect, let me dig go because it may be your house that is. <laughs> Meanwhile, you sit in a house that has no foundation and be pointing at your neighbor's house. Say, Pastor Debakari said that the house is one inch deep. <laughs> one inch deep. Ho, 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 ho. One inch deep. <laughs> then the storm will come tomorrow. The flood will arise. Remove your house. And as you are in your boat going away, your house has become the boat. You will see what you, <laughs> yes? You will see what you thought was one inch deep standing there. Because their own is actually two inches deep. Your own is one that was one inch deep. Their own will soon move tomorrow, but your own will go first. So when, when you hear things like that, what do you do? Take it that he prophesied against you. Get on your knees and say, Lord, lay for me a fresh foundation. In that process, you will say, and every, you see now, now that you need a new foundation, all the one inch dips, what do you do? You start praying for them too. Accusers are actually angry people. They are self-righteous, but they are not doing the body any good. What are intercessors? Those just took it upon themselves and realized that, listen, I'm, part of the, I'm one of the captains of this boat. If it goes down, I go down with it. If I try and escape, I'm going to jail. So, so that the boat will not go down. They're on their knees every day. Now, let me tell you what God does. Maybe to encourage some people. At the end of the day, he now says to an angel, go and mark, because no matter how much you pray, sometimes judgment still has to come. But God will now say, go and mark everybody who is signed and groaning because of the iniquity that's in Jerusalem. The angel will now go begin to mark people. And if you see those who he marks, they identify with the situation. They take it like, God, do not judge us, judge us according to the multitude of our iniquities. Do you get my point? They pray. Now, please, I want to give you an assignment. Go and listen to our series again, The Prophetic Word for the Season. It was spoken specifically about the Church of Christ. Well, we have to close now, all right? It was spoke, spoken specifically about the Church of Christ, and I want everybody to take those matters in prayer. First of all, I like the matter of truth. It's important. Like Pastor Kimothy was leading prayer at the beginning, one of the things he taught us to pray about is that the church will return to his first love of evangelism. Love for the 
lost. You know, because you see, what we began to do after a while, we're no longer caring about the loss. We're caring about the size of our congregation. So even if the people there are not saved, as long as we can re- report it that last service were 850, up from 800 the previous Sunday. Beginning of this year, we we're only 700. Now we are steady 850. We're not for COVID. We'll have been 2,000, you know? And how's the tides going? Once we can report it, it's amazing the kind of madness we get involved in. So we're afraid to drive people away from the church because we're counting their numbers. And as they drive away now, we can't preach the truth that will offend them. And that is not right. Can I rise up? Let's just pray for a minute or two before we go. I hope you learned something today. First of all, let's just thank God because of the principle of intercession. You need to be called of God. You need to be called of God. What I mean is that God has to find you worthy. So he washes you with the blood of Jesus so you can approach unto his throne and begin to utter words. So begin to give God thanks because you have been washed. Start with that. Give the Lord thanks because you have been washed. Give the Lord thanks because you have been washed. Because your sins are forgiven. Yeah, it's very important. It is not as if we never did anything wrong. Israel did a lot of things wrong, but when they were under the cover of those sacrifices, Balaam said, I have not beheld any iniquity. God has not seen any iniquity. You see, he said it. God has not seen any iniquity in Jacob. So thank God because you are covered by the blood of Jesus. You are washed by the blood of Jesus. Just give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I'm washed by the blood of Jesus. I thank you because I'm washed. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. Now I'm a priest of God. I've been redeemed. Now I'm a priest of God. Give the Lord thanks for that. I've been redeemed. Now I'm a priest of God. I have been redeemed. I can offer holy sacrifices unto the Lord. The Lord hears the voice of my prayers. Before we pray for that, can you do another thing? Dedicate yourself today. Yourself, your heart, and your tongue. Say, Lord, I yield myself as an intercessor. It's important. Please, I want you to pray that from the bottom of your heart. Lord, from today, I yield myself as an intercessor. As an intercessor, I yield myself as an intercessor. I yield myself. I dedicate myself from today that I will be on the side of Christ, not on the side of the accuser. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. I will be on the side of Christ. What is the side of Jesus Christ? The advocate with the Father. Pleading the mercy of God. Offer under prayer. Say, Lord, I identify with the body of Christ. It is not them and us. It is we. I want you to utter those words. Lord, I declare with my tongue, it is not them and us. And us. It is we. It is we. It is not them and us. It is we. We, we, we. I identify with the body of Christ. Especially the body of Christ in this nation. I identify with the body of Christ. I identify with the body of Christ. Just offer a few more prayers so we can close. Say, Lord, hear and forgive. It's very important. Just like Daniel. We're not going to go into details today, but just say, Lord, hear Say it after me. Say, oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and take action. Say, for your own name's sake, do not delay. Say, for your name's sake, do not delay. 
say, we have not come on the account of any merit on our part. But on the account of your great mercy and compassion. Now in simple words, say, Lord, save your church in this nation. You know what he says? Sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now pray, say, Lord, begin to sanctify us again with your truth. Sanctify us again with your truth. Sanctify us with your truth. He said, guard your sword upon your thigh, O most mighty. Ride on prosperously and in majesty because of truth. And let your right hand do awesome things. Please, as you are praying that prayer, don't forget yourself. Say, Lord, incline my ears to truth. Incline my heart to understanding. Because when God arises, (laughs) say, Lord, incline my ears to truth. Incline my heart to understanding. Give me insight and understanding. Let me obey truth. Let me walk in truth. And Lord, at the same time I pray, sanctify us by your truth. Thy word is truth. Let's continue to pray for the church. And um, we're also praying for ourselves that we'll be sanctified with the truth of God's word. Maybe you need to pray and say, Lord, in any way I have accused, not knowing, I ask for mercy for myself. Pray for that. Pray that prayer. Finally, say, Lord, I ask for mercy. In any way I have been an accuser to a brother, in any way, I've been an accuser to the church. In any way, I've been an accuser. Some of us, we, you know, to a pastor. Lord, we ask for mercy this evening. Everybody pray that prayer. In any way, I have accused. You, you saw the illustration pastor gave. Let's pray and say, Lord, in any way, I have been an accuser. I ask for mercy today. Forgive me. I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, sometimes, you know, we thought we were complaining to somebody. But we are accusing that person. We thought we were burying our minds, but we accused it. We stood as accusers. And Lord, it is your mercy we ask as individuals. We ask for mercy in any way we have accused. In any way we have accused. Lord, please show us your mercy. Show us your mercy. Show us your mercy. And pour the spirit of an intercessor into us. Pour the spirit of intercession into us. Give us the burden to intercede. The burden of an intercessor. Give it to us. Give us that body. In the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord thanks for his word that he has brought our way this evening. Thank the Lord. In his mercy he has brought this word personally to me. And I know the Lord also spoke to you. And say, Lord, thank you for this word. He always give us words in season. And Lord, we thank you. It's a sign of your love and your mercy towards us. Thank you, Lord, for this word, these words that you have brought in season. And thank you for your spirit that you have released upon us. We give you praise forever. Blessed be God forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Today is your first time of coming. Um, earlier this morning.